0: What's going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome back to the Morning Grind. Once again, this is Dean filling in for Stevie TPFL, who's crushing those NASCAR streets. Uh, once again, we're doing a DFS profile. Not so much of DFS profile, but an introduction. Uh somebody uh, welcoming somebody to RG, the RG family. We're gonna bring in, I've been practicing this one all day. Uh set it in front of my mirror like five different times, and it's gonna be tricky, but let's make it happen. It's Tyler Tamboline, aka Toe Tagged Tambo. Tyler. Welcome to RG, welcome to the podcast, and uh, I don't know, that that is a mouthful for sure, all those T's, it's kind of tricky for me. Yeah, alliteration's
1: my thing. Thanks for having me, Dean. I I appreciate it, and I'm more than excited to be here. This is awesome to be able to have the introduction and then hop on this right away with you and sort of go through a little bit of the background and what's to come with me
0: at RG. Yeah, so um, checking out your resume if you guys are not aware of Tyler. Tyler specializes in PGA and NFL. Uh, He will be doing PGA and NFL content here at RG. The resume is as follows. Get comfortable. It's a lot. Two-time NFL DK Live finalist, uh, King of the Beach, not just once, but twice, 2017 and 2018. uh, A DK finalist for the Fantasy Golf World Championships as well. As far as his actual ranking here at Roto-Grinders, he's ranked 139 currently. His player of the year ranking is 65, specific to golf, which, again, he'll be doing a ton of golf content here. and His podcast will be here as well, which we'll talk about in just a second. Out of 10,378 people, Tyler, you're currently... 11th beating stl cards stl cards is 12th throw some shade at them that means you're better <laughs> right no no i think it's like 19 or 18 i was looking at as well too so uh yeah uh th- th- that's a pretty impressive number for sure as well uh you're you're telling me actually uh three times you've been, uh, been in the top 20 as far as pj Millimakers. of course there's a Millymaker right around the corner which you will be getting content on as well you finished third in nfl millie maker and uh, most importantly, well, you're all your content's going to be here now. But you're bringing along your fantasy golf degenerates podcast, which uh, I, I told you this pre-show. Full disclosure: I'm not, a, I don't know golf very well, so i never listen, But I hear it's a fun listen, and I think uh, the name is not misleading. It's not ironically titled. <laughs> you guys have some fun in that show, and of course, you give great content as well. So, uh, Tyler, welcome to the RG family. It's a very impressive resume. And also, I wanted to just say, uh, you know, tell the people if they're not aware. What is the deal with the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast? And, uh, you know, tell us where we can find it Down in the RT family.
1: Yeah, so it's a podcast my, my boy Kenny Kim started quite a while ago. We had Zach Woods, Brad Messer-Smith on there. It's, you know, a couple different hosts along the way. I sort of lucked into it on the path of, you know, Brad was the, the second host of the show and he was going back to get his master's. They, I'd been on as a guest, had, a, had some pretty good feedback, tried to bring some energy a little bit of an engagement as far as, you know, strategy process, how, how I'm playing GPPs and having success in them. And they said, hey, do you want to come on as the, the new co-host? And I jumped at the opportunity. So uh, super excited as well to bring that across. It's news that's going to come out when this drops, which now today you guys are listening is Monday. And it's going to have Kenny Kim, myself, the same podcast you're used to, free, everything all the same. But it is going to be sponsored by Roto-Grinders and hosted on the Roto-Grinders podcast
0: network. And if you guys stick around for the entirety of this podcast, you will learn about a promo. Give a little bit of a tease. What are they going to learn later on in this show?
1: A uh, b- big giveaway. So at the end, uh, we'll talk about what it is and uh, how they can win it. And then, yeah, Kenny and I will also have an intro pod coming out this week, probably uh, tomorrow. Again, this is Monday. This is coming out. So will be Tuesday with some of the talks of what we're going to be doing. You know, if we're looking to change anything up on the pod, if you guys want something different from us, and then what I'll be doing here at RG Beyond, what you and I are already talking about today, in case they somehow miss this show, they can circle back.
0: How long has that fantasy golf degenerates podcast been going for? How long have you you been a part of it specifically?
1: I've been there about a year and a half now. And, you know, Kenny and Brad were two and a half, three years before that. And then uh, Zach and Kenny started it before that. So it's been around, uh, this is year five, I believe, total. Uh,
0: How did you get involved in DFS just in general? How long ago did you find it? How long have you been, uh, I I certainly recognize your name. I've seen you at the top of leaderboards before. Uh, How long have you been grinding?
1: you know really grinding probably four or five years now if you go back like uh the profile i guess was created in 2014 because fan duel still shows that and I, I did actually start with Fanduel. it was sort of the thing back then uh, i kind of just stumbled upon it i was playing season long i was big in season long football you know hundred dollar two hundred dollar leagues and playing in those and having some fun with the boys and you know got a little bit tired of just arguing about who's right all the time and you know if you're <laughs> no way to make money on it. I've always been sort of a stats numbers guy wanting to get behind it and find a way to do it. So uh, when I found DFS, it was like the lights opened up, you know, heaven t- up top saying, here you go, because it was a fact you could put the money in, have a chance to prove yourself and win. And there was a lot of strategy to it, right? It's a puzzle. So I, I love games and theory and all that sort of stuff, and being able to outthink and, and get that stuff. So the Survivor guys, you know, outwit, outplay, outlast. That's sort of oh, like yeah. the feeling that I was looking for. And that's what it brought to me. So I started with FanDuel. And it did not start well, I will say that, but uh, it turned around and, and I, you know, just kept grinding away and now here I am.
0: A couple of things, uh, I pulled up your profile here at Rotor Grinders and uh, it was pretty interesting in the forums, they, the forums live forever, the internet is forever and you were, you know, STL cards, I mentioned STL cards and I was just going to take a playful jab at you being one uh, one spot above them, but it's just, what, three years ago, he did an AMA and asked me anything and you were asking him about, you know, best advice for getting to a live final and cards took the time to answer a bunch of questions it's great to kind of go in here as far as the forums here at rg and it's just funny how you know life has come full circle you've been to live finals and hey you're currently ranked higher than stl cards oh. <laughs> by one spot uh it's just kind of wild i, I want to hear i want to get your journey in that and uh, you mentioned season-long football uh, first of all that the people can't tell it, it hits it pops on a couple words you probably think you don't have it but you have an accent i'm sure i have an accent too we can tell you're canadian i heard it yes. on about. That's um nice. Is there DF? Do you, you play like season long uh, Canadian Football League? Is that something? Is that a no. thing or no?
1: Uh the, If you, as people will get to know me, and, and even the RG team, I, you know most people would say this that know me quite well. Is I'm way more American than I am Canadian. Like I'm, I'm not a hockey fan. I think you know it's no disrespect. I think Canadian Football League is you know is what it is. I'm happy for them, but it's you know these guys work part time. It's it's not the best athletes. Let's just say it in a nicer way. But I'm all about the American League stuff, right? NCAA football try you know trumps any of that stuff for me. And then obviously NFL being the big leagues, that's what it's all about when it comes down to football hockey. I just never got behind when I was a kid, my mom had said to me, you know, you can play hockey, which is expensive. Don't got a lot of money, you know, getting by just fine, but not like you got a choice. You can play basketball and baseball and play in two sports, summer and spring, that type of thing and fall and winter whatever, or you can play hockey and and we'll try and grind it out there and, you know, skates and lessons and all this stuff. And I said, forget it. I, I like basketball
0: and baseball. So I rolled with those two sports. What, what were your basketball and baseball comps? What, what was your game like?
1: Uh, pretty good. I was a point guard. I played I played high school basketball. So, you know, that's sort of when that dream ended and, and really was a bench player for the first year and then sort of six men and, and get to come off and, and do that. So that was kind of, you know, something I loved. But baseball was, you know, my good sport. I, I actually got behind uh, the role of catcher, which nobody seemed to want to play. And I, I just loved it because you sort of control the action. You're the leader out there, throwing guys out, telling the pitcher what you see, what's going to happen. Got Got into it you know, pretty good. And then uh, just a lot of lingering injury, you know, knee injuries, things like oh, that. Yeah. I've had an ACL replacement just from random, you know, pastime playing these sports and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I still enjoy them, but that's sort of the background and history on it.
0: Are you a Blue Jays fan? I know you're currently in Alberta, which is, you know, Canada is a big country and you're far away from Toronto, but de facto, would you just become, because that's the only Canadian team or how does that work?
1: More of a Raptors fan well before the, you know, the situation with Kawhi and winning and getting it all done, you know, definitely still got to <laughs> cheer for them. The, the biggest thing is, though, in Canada, Dean, is you can pick whoever you want because we don't really have, you know, if, if, you're a, yeah. if you're a hockey fan and where I'm at, you know, just outside of Calgary, you sort of pick the flames and the guys up north from us a little bit are Edmonton Oilers and that's sort of the breakdown. But I, I don't care about that. Like I said, I'll go to the games for some entertainment, some excitement. There's nothing like the Red Mile and some playoff hockey when it, when it comes down to it. But uh, when it comes to sports, I'm a, a big long term since '97. I'm a Lakers Kobe guy. So you know, la- tough year this past year, obviously with Kobe, but you have know, always been a Lakers fan. I stick with my teams, and I've uh, always been a Ravens fan. So since I got oh. into the NFL, I've, I've been grinding away with those guys, and I sort of love their you know tenacity, their their power, strength, defense, all that get behind it. You know, and now with Lamar, that's just been huge for us. And last year was quite a disappointment the way it ended, but. Definitely excited for the future and some of the prospects that we picked up in the past.
0: What is what's the red mile you mentioned? Is that something they do in Calgary? And the yeah, the,
1: it's Sixteenth uh, Ave is a big street downtown Calgary. It's the busiest street, and it's where all the party and the bar scene and all that stuff is. And people head down. And during the playoffs, everybody wears red, and that's you know you go inside the sea of red, the sea being you know for Calgary, and, and they put that in the stands, and everyone's wearing red, and then it just escapes out into the parking lot and into the bar scene, and just it's a sea of red. So the red mile is what they call it.
0: Yeah, so you don't really love hockey, but you like the partying that's in, involved in hockey.
1: Little less now. I'm getting old, Dean. But uh, yeah, I do. I do like that aspect much more. The, the games are exciting, 100%. but uh, it's like they. I guess what happened was they almost won a Stanley Cup, got robbed, and then ticket prices like tripled. And even though they didn't win the cup, the prices are still up there, so they charge quite a bit. And like I said, for me not being that interested, I don't. I just don't care that much. I'd rather go to the bar and watch the game versus go to the actual
0: arena and be in there. Is that the Jerome McGinley years? I don't know hockey very well. It would be, I, yeah. Okay. It was
1: somewhere back then and around then, like that. That is who it is that you know the run went with.
0: Yeah, uh, bro. You mentioned playing season long, you know, fantasy and like you're throwing your hundred bucks in and all that. And I'm not sure if you have a similar experience that I do. Like I still play with my high school, college friends and playing years. And you got to keep playing in those leagues. You got to keep that league alive. But you know, it's funny. My my friends will text me on Sunday and say, "Oh, you got so lucky because Zeke got this touchdown at the last second. And, you know, uh, this stupid season-long league with my friends that I don't really care about. It's week seven. I'm going to be four and three or you know, you know five and two. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it cost me like $3,000 in DFS. <laughs> like, oh, you got so lucky. And you can't, like, how, uh, how do you deal with that conversation? Have you had that conversation with your friends? It's like, no, I wish that didn't happen. I, maybe I'm just oh, a yeah. class of my own.
1: I'm anti-sweating season long all the time. I still I only play like I've cut it right down. I'm in like the smallest leagues. Just my my brother and his buddies have a league, and then one of my best friends and their league. And, and I've got the championships that are behind me. I got the belt and the the old school trophy up top there with my King of the Beach trophy, where I took down the leagues. I got lucky, but the bottom line is, is it's like you said, there's weeks where you're anti-sweating it. They're like, man, if you get this CMC touchdown, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm like, I actually don't want it because it's about to cost me 10K you know, in the in this one spot drop in this tournament that I'm in. So I'm I'm actually with you on this one. You can take this week, pal.
0: The the value of talking smack to your friend about week five or week seven of some stupid like hundred dollar league is not worth ten thousand dollars to you?
1: Sometimes not. No, normally not.
0: uh it's funny i, I was going to ask about that belt we'll talk about the king of the beach in a second uh, you, you've been there several times and i believe is that a third place belt is that what that we're talking about that's what we're looking at the,
1: the, the belt's from a season-long league this year we the boys picked one up i thought it was pretty cool so i really wanted it and i had been trying to win it and i got it this last year but the the football trophy up there that's sort of in that shape that that's a third place trophy which was a, a bit of a stat sweat at the end down in uh, key west When I went down and I met Dan Bach there that year, that's when I sort of met him and and we got to go down there and have some fun. And yeah, that was a little bit of a sweat on the last day. I was only winning by like a point and a half. And mainly, you know, the difference in the money wasn't huge. I think it was 50 down to 40, but it was uh, more about the wanting to get that podium finish and get that trophy. So if you weren't going to get first, it was E Hafner that year who sort of blew out the field by like 30, 40 points showed up at the last half hour, it had a couple, I think he had a drink or two because he had a newborn that had just arrived. So he was taking it easy and then picked it up and, and won. And and so cool to see that for him. He was a really good guy and, and to see him show up and get that number number one trophy. But I just wanted to get something at that point.
0: He was he was sweating it in his uh, hotel or maybe he wasn't. He didn't join the party until the last half hour. How cool is that? Yeah,
1: it, yeah I believe it was the newborn situation. So he's there oh, okay. for his wife, which, you know, got to be there for the wife. Got You know, I got a little one on the way. I've already got a daughter who's three, got a little boy on the way. So sort of, uh, I understand that fully the family life and I'm all about that. So he he did the right thing in the end and still picked up the trophy and the money.
0: Oh, well, it's a good time to say that we're, we're not the, just on the podcast here. We're also on YouTube. If you guys want to watch the visuals and I don't know if our producer, Devin actually is framing your, your trophies, but they are there. I can confirm. You might, they might be out of frame as of right now, but uh, you got several trophies on display rocking at the belt. You got a, that looks like a Super Bowl replica trophy. Is that, is that what I'm saying as well? It's kind
1: of like a mini replica unit there. Yeah, again, it's a smaller league. It's just more to the boys that say, well, you, you're you so good. You can do this at DFS. Can you can you come win a see I'm like, it's the opposite, bro. Like, I'm playing against guys that are <laughs> dominating and, and on the highest level, and I'm trying to beat them. So, trust me, my focus is not on
0: this league. But I'll draft with you, and let's do it. We'll backtrack in a second, but since you mentioned it, talk to me about the King of the Beach uh, and meeting Dan Mock. Was this the time that he was doing – I know there was sometimes he would go there and do some interviews, but do you happen to get accosted for an interview or just kind of met him at the bar or what?
1: No, I, that year I just met him a little bit, like, you know, got to hang out, whatever the, the year before you mentioned the cards thing earlier when I asked him, you know, sort of, but the year before I had been, you know, in the, the way the King of the beach works is it breaks down. Like it was used to be 200 down to 50 or whatever, or 75 get to go. And then it moved down to like one eighty down to 50 get to go. So the, the first year I was in like top 10 all day. And in the afternoon I had two injuries, at before half that cost me and I dropped to like 53rd and didn't quite get in. So I was really disappointed grinded the next year, got back, ended up to get down there, ended up meeting Dan, bunch of good guys from the industry, Jefe, a couple other guys that were, you know, were down there that you sort of get, know and get to see them go on runs, which is awesome. You know, if you're, if you're not one of the trolls out there and you're cheering, you should be cheering for people that if, if you're out of it, you know, you want to cheer for the others, the, the good guys to be able to get a win. So someone's taking it down that, you know, and and that was sort of what it was all about. And, got to meet him a little bit, but I was fortunate enough to make it back the next year in 2018. And that's when I met Cal and Dan happened to be there again. So it was just cool to to link up with them, go out, party a little bit, have some fun and, and then get to really get to know them a little bit better. And that's sort of where it's led to now.
0: Also, uh, I imagine you were excited to get out of Canada in December and go to Key West.
1: <laughs> Always good. Yeah, that, that was the probably the second disappointment the first year when I was that close. I think it was in Bahamas then I was really wanting to get to that one. Uh, and it just didn't work out at that time. So it wasn't meant to be. And again, it, it all worked out in the end. So I'm happy with where it ended up now.
0: How did you find DFS? how did you discover it? You see a commercial or something or what?
1: Yeah, they were doing so many commercials. And, and even I think like, I don't know if they were doing it because Yahoo definitely wasn't into it by then. But it was, you know, being on Yahoo fantasy sites and ESPN fantasy sites, somewhere those ads were coming across that I was just like, well, what is this all about? Is this real? Like, you got to dig into it a little bit. There was, it's I think at that time, there was like draft street with snake drafts and, and everything there. And I was trying mm-hmm. to. You know, find what worked, and and yeah, like I said, it didn't start well. I Actually, uh, it's you know had a podcast, the perfect lineup I've done in the past with Jason Baumgartner. And we we talked about this, but I'm not the guy that says you know I deposited a hundred bucks and never looked back. I deposited like five thousand and lost <laughs> it along the way, slowly, not all in one day or anything, but I, I was losing. You know, putting a hundred bucks a day just kept losing, kept losing. Catch catch your little break where you know keeps you excited that maybe this could be, could happen, could be true. But I was really grinding and trying to get a hold of people like you know talking about multi-entering i was trying to like multi hit up guys to be like can you help me do you want to mentor like i just want to get better right i think there's always someone out there that'll help you get better and that's kind of why me at rg that's what my goal is is you know, my passions you know grinding dfs helping people get better teaching coaching developing all that sort of thing and that's why it's going to be fun to be here
0: you're here to pay it forward yes sir yeah, uh, it's funny you said it, because like, again, I was looking at the whole, uh, STL cards took the time to answer your questions, how to get to a, he was saying, like, I think his answer was, he was giving me like a realistic answer. He's like, well, it's really hard to get to a live final. And you're like, all right, yeah. uh, I'll get the three. How about that? <laughs> uh, as far as our path, did you remember the time uh, you, you won uh, the live final? Do you remember, Is it is like a sweat of some sort? Well, when in, I, yeah, when,
1: when I got into it, um, hmm, that year, I don't really remember, to be honest. I got the hardest time and the worst memory for that. I, I remember exactly what happened the year before when I didn't get in, so it's kind of like a bad beat story where you don't remember it. But yeah, the, the, uh, the live final itself was just basically fading Todd Gurley, I remember, all afternoon, and he was just starting to go nuts. And every time he touched the ball, he was, that's when he was in his prime and really crushing it. It sounds like he should still be in his prime, but we know what happened last year. But anyway... Um, he was just getting there and getting there and every, you know, it looked like every yard, every carry was for four or five yards. And it just like waiting for the game to be over. And then finally it ended and, and I just couldn't be more happy that it was over.
0: Now, uh, I, this was on your Twitter and I was checking out your Twitter before the show. For the record, by the way, it's so wild. You know, Todd Gurley is only 25. He, I know. Seems, he seems like he'd be, he should be so much older.
1: So I felt awkward saying that, but it's so true.
0: Uh, well, the, the, life of, the, the life of a running back, that's unfortunate. That's how they go. We kind of use them up and throw them out. It's, a, it. it's rough. Get your money while you can there, Todd. Um, yeah. Where was it? Oh, yeah. So I saw a video. Is this where he intentionally took a knee at the one yard line? Oh, that that was... um or was that a different time? That was a different time. That was the year after. That was
1: 2018. And that was, the whole, you know, the whole room went nuts because he was, you know, should have ran it in, but he just kneeled it. And, and well, basically sat on it. I should say he didn't kneel it. He sat on it. And everyone's like, oh. And then the funny part, I remember like a guy smashed his phone, you know, Siege is in the video yelling, going crazy. And then like, what an idiot or something. And then the next thing you know, you know, there's still like a minute and seven on the clock. So they really had no choice and they were on the one, like it was just a dumb spot to do it. So he just ran it in the next play anyway. So it was just like a crazy sweat to watch. I wasn't really in the mix at that point, but it was the, you know, everyone sort of anti-sweating him thinking they were safe to then he's in and they weren't safe. And all the guys before that, that were worried that he was going to get in. It's just hilarious to watch in person. You saw the room explode.
0: You said you struggled at first. Uh, Was there anything you can kind of sort of point to that that kind of turned it around? Is it basically asking a lot of smart guys, like give me your tips and just sort of putting them all together. Is that sort of the the crux of it? I would
1: say that some for sure that, I mean, a lot of people helped along the way, like you said, just cards hopping in to even answer those questions and and other guys for sure that too many to mention. But I think the bigger thing is just sort of, you know, you do got to grind through it a little bit and recognize there is a process to it. You got to sort of pay your dues or whatever you want to call it. and, And, put the time in, but the content consumption, you know, that's what sort of my thing is. I read everything on Twitter. I get podcasts and I know there's information overload and paralysis by analysis and whatever, but if you, that's what you'll get over time, I think with experience, where you're able to sort of sift through that and find sort of what you want to stick with as far as information goes and what your you know, guiding principles are for how you want to make your stuff and go forward when you're building a lineup or a set of lineups or a player pool or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting conversation and interesting thought and just like to, to like acknowledge that maybe I'm not necessarily the smartest person in the room and, you know, be able to listen to some smart people and uh, knowing what you know is super important, but also being willing to concede that you maybe not know, don't know something, which is probably just as important. Uh, and you talk about taking in content and a lot of times I'll take in content from smart guys and I'll be like, that is a great point, but I'm going to go a different route. I respect that, you know, and, and also just, uh, I suppose, for ownership and for leverage and things like that, it's important to know what's being pumped out there and uh, ways to take advantage of that. It's probably not things you're thinking of when you're first starting playing. Like I never considered ownership when I played, what, eight, nine years ago, whatever it was. Right. Uh, a lot of us sort of advanced and, uh, and you know, our thought process on things. I, I used to be like a huge BBB truther. I know you're not a baseball guy. I don't think you're a baseball guy so much when it comes to DFS, but, you know, that is uh, more of a back burner thing for me now. Uh, the most, so it's your, your biggest, earliest sweat, was it a cue of some sort or was it a, just a regular contest? Your first big takedown.
1: My first big takedown was after that sort of $5,000 down. So I actually started in the daily world. I was playing with NBA. That's I, even though I was into NFL season long and all, it just wasn't around. And that's why I think it was as that season was ending that season long and NFL season was ending. It was sort of like ads, like, here's where you can get into DFS. Here's what that's all about. Here's what DFS stands for, you know, found roto grinders, like just started seeking out information to try and get, you know, into this and get better at it, as we talked about. And, you know, that's where I went down and that same, you know, strategy just kept plugging away. And it was the NBA slam. And I couldn't find the um, article, but Roto did an article on it. But it was basically saying, you know, how I took it down. And it was, you know, a last minute swap with Michael Carter Williams. Wow, he wasn't supposed to story. play. And yeah, I had him at like 3%. He went off for like 55 FanDuel points. And I took down the 25. It was a $20, $25 slam for 25000 And I had like three entries in it. So it was really nice uh, ROI, 75 bucks flip to that. But I mean, it's, it's the same story. No one wants to really talk about it, but you know, like I said, down 5k you're, you hit 25. Yeah. You're up 20, but that's where people get their bankroll to get started. And then you just got to have sort of some sense of not blowing it all and just don't get too out of your comfort zone. Don't go start playing one ks because you took down a 20 K score, like do what works, right. Stick to your process, keep going. And a lot of people, you know, trust the process. I, I think to me, it's more trust the progress where, you know, you're, you know, see if you're seeing progress, trust in that, and yeah, you're doing things to get there, but those are, are going to take time. Nobody, uh, you know, gets on a sports team and normally becomes the best player the first year or, you know, hops in a, starts their own business and it just blows up in year one to way beyond the, but it, it can happen. It does, but understand that that's a little bit more rare and there is going to be some time and some tuition you got to pay, pay your dues as you go along. And like you said, it with the, the final miss the first year, get in the next two. So it's, you just got to grind away and keep at it and stick to your process
0: mcw really dates that story by the way uh it he does great sure. i think it was tanking. 2015
1: 2015 <laughs> or 16 yeah
0: <laughs> he was great on those terrible 76ers teams i don't know if that's the year uh that's the year yeah yeah he, he was an excellent uh, dfs player player for sure um yeah so any extravagant uh splurges did we, did we buy anything after him for 25k or is there anything just are you just gonna like put it in the bankroll or Put some yeah aside. that was sort
1: of just you know not really making a bunch of money back then you know still working my way up you know with the you know getting ready to start a family i think around then was my maybe my wedding right because i think i've married about five just over five years now so that that's sort of the um situation at that time you know blow it all in a wedding but uh <laughs> my wife will say it's worth it so that's all that matters <laughs> as long as she's happy she's very supportive and, you know and that's been good for me but yeah i think that was all i spent it on at that time there's been some other wins and purchases along the way we you know i bought like a basically things to make the sweat better a bit more TVs, 75 inch 110 inch projector you want to get some of the the bigger toys to have a, a better way to sweat it that's about it
0: also that's 25k american yeah <laughs> that's conversion. like a million that's like a million dollars <laughs> at least that's a yeah. million loonies and toonies as far as yeah, i can tell exactly loonies and toonies <laughs> yeah and i th- i mean yeah now this is probably not the route to go but i don't think no taxes i'm pretty sure it's tax-free that's i don't good. know yeah yes yeah, yes. Yeah, that's good. beautiful <laughs> that's a nice uh not complaining <laughs> oh man you, you mentioned your wife you, you mentioned the wedding night uh your avatar picture is a picture of your wedding night tell us what's going on there because i asked you pre-show like is this are you like in the karate is this an mma thing uh you have a. I guess it, i didn't realize uh i thought it was like a you know i'm not sure what the term is that you wear around your head belt
1: but you thought i was a white belt dean yeah be <laughs> yeah no, it's a it's actually a funny story because it, it was from my wedding night. And what I absolutely did not want to happen is, you know, the ting 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 where everyone's hitting their glasses and all that. So I said, forget it. We're not doing that game. I was uh, like, I'm pretty upfront, pretty direct guy when I speak to people. And it's not in a rude way. I try and just be who I am and, and sure. people normally can appreciate that. But I said, listen, guys, we're going to have fun with it. So we put down, stick with the golfing theme. We put down one of those mini putt, like retractables. You hit the putt and shoots it back to you. And we set the putt up at like five feet. And we said, if you want to come up all night long and make a putt, you can putt it in, and we'll kiss. I said, if you make the putt, if you miss, you buy us each a shot. And that was a dumb idea because I have a lot of people, a lot of friends and family that apparently aren't very good at golf. And so, yeah, a lot of people missed, got a lot of shots into me. And yeah, the tie went on backwards. The story is history. You can see my mouth is just wired. I don't really know, um, you know, what went on the rest of the night. But it was, it was a good night. It was a fun night. A lot of people said we had a good time. Your wife had fun.
0: That's the most important thing, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what kind of shots are we taking? Hopefully nothing that's like 120 proof because that can uh, get ugly in an hurry.
1: It was pretty bad. Yeah. I think it was a lot of whiskey shots and, you know, uh, sour jacks, some of them were a little bit smaller, a little bit easier on you. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Like I said, and then some of them you just don't know. The only one I declined and always declined is tequila. Some oh. people hate on that, but I'm not, I'm not a big tequila guy. I don't really like that.
0: You and me both. Like we, we've, all, we all, we've all had a bad tequila story one bad time experience. or Bad experience, exactly. That's what it is. That's exactly it. I moved on. We, we broke up years ago. It was another breakup. Exactly. I'm happy about that breakup. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned your wife as well. Uh, talk to me about the balance of, you know, how does this affect everyday normal life as far as making lineups, as far as DFS? Does it alter date night? Does it alter what time dinner may or may not be? And I know you're doing golf uh, uh, and NFL mostly, which the times are sort of different. I'm sort of thinking like the seven o'clock Eastern Uh, Of course, we also talked pre-show, you've been uh, all over the place uh, in the last couple of months with the NASCAR and the eSports and MMA, and I believe you've been playing some, uh, what's the last one? What's- what's Rocket League and League of Legends,
1: all stuff I thought I would never in my life, I didn't even know half of them existed, let alone put money on them, but I really don't sweat them, like I don't really watch them, so I just- Put the money in and then see what happens when I wake up. It works out good. I'm on the West Coast, so you know, as we mentioned. But you know, you can put, sort of put the lineups in, go to bed. I can't really stay up for like KBO. I, I, I like it. I think it's cool. You can play it, and it's a good to have another sport for everybody that wants to grind or is missing the MLB grind. But you know, I haven't really been on the daily sports. And just to answer your question, I mean, you know, my wife is Megan. She's extremely, extremely supportive of everything that I do in both content. Playing daily fantasy, supporting the family, basically just everything that I love to do, my passion, she's behind me 100%. And that, you know, if you don't have that, it really doesn't help your situation. So that allows me to say, like, you know, my daughter's three and she knows daddy got to go to work. I I call it work, (laughs) right? I'm going to go put the time in. If I'm going to invest this money and put this money behind it, I know, you know, many will say it's gambling and whatever. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. I, you know, I've got a positive ROI. I put my money in good as best as I can and try and get a positive return. That's what we're all trying to do. We're all grinding the same thing. And that's why, you know, sharing the success is fun, right? You see the wins. You We're all doing the same thing. You know, you know, talking on brand with golf, people know I'm a big Ricky Fowler truther. He's always there at the end. It's the joke. It's the, He's the butt of the joke where it's, you know, he's always there at the end to congratulate the guy and shake hands when he loses or, you know, comes top three and doesn't quite get there. But people might forget, you know, that coming top three is not a bad thing. I know these tournaments are top heavy, but it is what it is. You got to put yourself in position, uh, you know Drewby from Daily Roto, a good guy. Colin Drew had an article out this week, just yesterday. Uh, you know, again, we're recording this Friday, but he talked about the being in the one percent and just taking you get as many shots up there as you can, and then they'll start to pan out if you can continue after it. So that's really all I'm trying to do, and my family, like I said, my wife, daughter, everyone—they're they're very supportive, knowing that I got to go in and put the time in. It's all for the good of the family, and that it's what I love to do. And in the end, it, it all works out. And we do still plan for date nights and things like that. And then lastly, to your point. Big, big weekly grinder with NFL and PGA more than daily. So that really allows for me to spend a lot of time with the family, even when I'm working my, you know, quote unquote, in real life job, I can, I can be available after four or five o'clock in the evening with my family, put my daughter to bed. And then my wife goes to bed 10 o'clock. I just stay up from 10 till two and, and grind out what I got to do and then get to it the next day.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that's very important to have the support of everybody. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. That checks out. But I, I'm checking out, I'm on your RG page as well, too, as far as your recent results. And uh, it looks like you banked NASCAR May 25th, 2020, first out of 35,000 and changed. Uh, do you know anything about, that, about NASCAR? You just a little of... bit. It's
1: uh, <laughs> I know they go in circles a lot. And I understand sort of the, I think with everything, one of the, you yeah. know, probably most I would say underrated pieces is just understanding the scoring rules and how yeah. the game works. And with them, you can, if you can, if you understand game theory and again, you have to have that experience of doing it in other sports and whatnot, and ownership and all these factors, you just start to apply some of the theory doesn't mean it's always going to work out. There's a lot of luck involved in it too. Uh, you know, I've actually, uh, you know, had a couple of luck spots where I would say, you know, with League of legends last month, I did a two way chop this month that, you know, that was an eight way chop. And that I've had some, you know, good luck in Outlaw. But I think, you know, it's just like the old, you know, Rounders is probably one of my favorite movies. Rounders and Karate Kid. So you mentioned, that's when I always got to watch. You joked about the karate on the head, like never been in karate or, or any mixed martial arts, but I do love the movie Karate Kid. But in Rounders, sort of the idea is, is it really always luck if the same people keep getting there? And we see it all the time. And, you know, it gets frustrating at times when people are, you know, talking about, oh, it's only because you have 150 entries and whatever. Well, I really normally, I only play 150 in like the Millie Makers. I'll play 75 to 100 because I feel like in some of these other tournaments, you either have it or you don't. Like in a lot of cases, would those extra 50 to 75 get me on the right pool? Or am I really going to add in those 10 other guys? Probably not. You got to take some stands here and there. So I, I got no problem with it. I, I sort of let it slide off. But you know, we are grinding away trying to make this happen. And part of it is just understanding the rules of the game. And that's how these things happen.
0: You, uh, you finished first in an $8 buy-in January 2nd for a golf tournament. You mentioned 150 lineups. Uh, maybe Twitter is wrong, but I was told according to Twitter, if you mention if you enter 150 lineups, you automatically win. Is that not true? You have and, all the and options more, covered. And, yeah. More. If you
1: got a wife too, you know, I talked about my wife just now, but yeah, <laughs> the, the we'll leave that one alone. But I, I think that's the funny part. And I think of, you know, a lot of people have joked about it. And some of the people that have taken it more seriously have said the truth on the fact is, you know, interest rates are low right now. All, all time lows, go take a loan, put your money in, put your 150 up. It's, uh, you know, the. The DFS GPP scene is the ultimate court. And you could talk about judicial or basketball, you know, ball don't lie or, you know, judge don't lie. it's whatever comes down. The best is at the top at the end. We play to win. It doesn't mean it's going to be all skill. But my point is more is if you think you can do it, I, I definitely advise you to go out and try. There's no doubt that I have losing days, losing weeks, losing months. But in the end, it's all about coming out profitable and just doing the best you can to put your best foot forward each time you're putting those lineups into the mix.
0: Or just run it in like the quarter arcade. Let's just start with that. Like honor for the, with that. To the quarter arcade. It
1: should be the easier field, the, the less stakes. <laughs> Most of the, you know, the folks at, at my level can't play $3 and below. And typically things like that. So if you can get a dollar or a 50 cent, 150 max to your point, I, I think that's a great way to start. And it's not just trolling back. It's saying like, by all means, we, I, I want to see people do better. My content is going to be here to try and help people with that situation where they want to do one to three max, 20 max, 150 max, whatever it might be
0: just to get started in that scene. What are you more of a, I think you're more of a tournament guy than a cash game guy. Is that correct?
1: All all tournaments. Yeah.
0: So you're all, you're all about like sealing and uh, embracing variants.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, I was sort of looking for, you know, things like looking for uniques, trying to build around, you know, what you think others are doing, leveraging a pool around ownership and different factors. So really it just comes down to, uh, like I said, sort of getting all that information throughout the week and then looking at how it's best to put it together. And that'll actually be one of the things starting for colonial that I'm doing a Wednesday stream on, you know, sort of what the week overall looks like lineup construction, you know, not giving out lineups, but just saying like, what this, how you can build, what's the field look like they're doing? What's the RG ownership say for these guys? And how could you build around that to be a little bit different and, and leverage certain spots, what I'm looking for.
0: You mentioned Ricky Fowler. I'm not a golf guy. Uh, What, why is Ricky Fowler your guy? How do you get a guy in golf? Like, it, it, it feels like, again, I don't know. So maybe I'm speaking from ignorance. That it's hard to like get a grasp of personalities. Maybe that's a bad
1: take. That, that's the opposite, and I'm the I'm on I'm the chalk when it comes to who I'm on my my brand as far as golf is. Ricky's the most popular golfer in the world, probably. So it, it really comes down to that. But it was same as you know, like I mentioned with Kobe in '97. The reason I got onto Kobe was he was flashy. Came into the dunk competition, won it with the Isaiah between the legs dunk, and that was like my thing. I was like, I love that. That's that's sick. I want to be able to do that. I was doing that in my league game on, on a layup, of course, you know, but. <laughs> Um, you know, when it came to golf, it was the same thing when I was first getting into it. This guy's dressing in all orange, a little bit more flashy, but he's humble, treating everyone with respect, stopping to sign autographs, be there, giving it back, right? Like what I'm talking about, paying it forward to me. That's important. In somebody to be able to have those as sort of their, what, like I mentioned earlier, guiding principles where you know you have a, a stance and you take it, and that's just who you are. I, I can appreciate that, and I think that's one thing about Ricky. People make fun of him for high fiving at the end, but I mean, he's normally high fiving off like a third place finish. So, it's yeah, he didn't get to the top. He didn't win this time, but the variance is there. It will pan out, and in the end, he's doing the right thing. Why wouldn't he congratulate his boy that came in first? It's a big achievement, and I would hope someone's there to congratulate me when I take down that spot.
0: Uh, hearing about your basketball layup, have you been there recruited yet for the, the upcoming RG basketball uh, I'm excited uh, about
1: that, man. I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for a couple things, and, and that was uh, the RG you know get-togethers, whether it's for Super Bowl, whatever ends up panning out, and then obviously the RG team party. And then I'm excited for the Hattie B's chicken. The basketball oh, okay. game but the, is good, but the Hattie B's chicken, the Nashville hot chicken, that's a, one of the places I've never been. I'm excited to go uh, and definitely want to try that chicken on. I've been watching some YouTube videos on it, getting hyped up for
0: it. Uh, I'll have you know, uh, I'm not here to make you jealous or anything. Hattie B's is like 0. 0.6 miles from me. I can walk to it. Yeah. It's right I mean, on the corner from me. Uh, but I'm a total wimp. I get it Southern style, which means no spice at all. Uh, okay. I don't understand the concept of heat. I understand that. I feel like that's and that's a bad pun, but it's a hot take. I, I, it doesn't, I don't, I don't get understand the idea of people of, that
1: love the heat, like the what the clock or whatever it's called. The, yeah. the I forget what the name of it is. Like, what I wouldn't clock? know that if it's going to burn my cheeks off while I'm trying to enjoy it, I'm not really excited about that. But I, I don't mind a little spice, Dean. I, I like some spice.
0: All right. Yeah. Meet somewhere in the middle. I'm sure there's a, there's a compromise you'll enjoy. And yeah, my brother just visited here a week or two ago. And that's, in he said, we got to go to Hattie B's. So that's it. It got me. Well, I was going to say, it got me out of the house. It did not get me out of the house. He anyway, had it delivered. And, uh, it just, yeah. I, I think
1: feel- you were talking to chopper about this and it got delivered to your doorstep still, but it was because <laughs> your brother was in town, it worked out.
0: There you go. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. That was a fun conversation. I love it,
1: man. It was a good one.
0: Uh, so you mentioned, uh, outlaw golf. I'm kind of curious about this. And I, I had this fun little scenario played out in my head. Uh, I was talking to Noto about outlaw golf and he was doing some content on it. Um, is it just, it's a bunch of amateur guys or maybe some college guys or guys trying to like break into the pros, get to the next level. And he was suggesting it's $900 and you can just basically buy your way into the tournament. I guess it depends upon the tournament, but what do you, I mean, have you been playing the outlaw? Because I don't even play all these other friend stuff. Uh, I imagine yeah, oh, yeah. you yeah, dabbling as well. De-
1: definitely love the outlaw. It's been good to me too. Had a couple, had a really close call just this past and I got third and fifth in the big one. And so that was close, but um, yeah, it's like what, what Noto said is correct. Uh, you know, I listened to that one the day before the chop one and it's, you can, anybody can really get into it, but it's kind of like, you know, DFS, you'd have a, but even worse because you really, there is guys in there that are like corn fairy tour guys, like strong players that actually play really good golf. You're not going to have a good chance. They're probably better off putting their 900 bucks on DraftKings from what they know about golfers and being big fans of golf and trying to work it out that way for some of them. But if you were in DFS, like anybody can go join a one K tonight, but you know, going up against you know, Empire, Mock Love, and all these dudes, and Noto, and and those types, are you really going to have your money in good? Probably not. So, it's not really advised, but the tour, it's filled up with a lot of minor league guys, and a lot of guys are just trying to stay fresh for what's upcoming, right, when golf comes back around and get into
0: some and qualify for some of these bigger ones. I just, I had this completely absurd, half-baked idea of like, I mean, I'm a terrible golfer, but why can't I I mean, is it worth $900 to have DraftKings put a price on me?
1: <laughs> that,
0: if you got the money to throw around, up.
1: Dean, 900 bucks for that. Like I said, I think you're better off joining a couple of the, put your three max in the $300 and, and make some real money.
0: But imagine the amazing tweets that we get. People will be so angry at
1: me if we we're shooting like a 220. Yeah, no one would be <laughs> rostering you, Dean. No, some people
0: don't – nobody knows who they're rostering in this thing. Yeah, they, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it would,
1: with your, your history and your name out there, I think we'd get spread pretty quickly. You'd be dead in the water.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And I don't know, is it even on TV or it's like Periscope, right?
1: They're doing a really good job of it, actually, with periscope. Uh, you know, the scoring and the updates from DK and all that can be a bit of a – Hot topic or separate topic. I really don't like that factor of it because, you know, when, when you got 20 bucks in, who cares? Just let it run out. But when you got some money invested and you're trying to see how this plays out, like it's the, it's the worst timing. It's the very end of the sweat when you've got, like, you know, the other day when I was sweating the top 10, I had three up there hoping that one gets there. I'm having to do all the math myself on the sidelines and looking off to Outlaw because Outlaw is doing a great job updating it and having the periscope. But I want to see like what does that equate to on the DK leaderboard. Now I have to math out each lineup separately. That's a little bit of a pain, you know, to do that.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, by the way, Fandle, I guess you've pivoted mostly to DK now. Is that yeah. you play both, but DK is your specialty. And Fandle, speaking of live scoring, some of their lives, KBO doesn't do it until the end. Like, that's the sweat. Like you just you don't that's know. That's how to... they do
1: it with Outlaw too. It's the same <laughs> way with Outlaw. It's, it's whatever. I mean, they're doing their thing, I guess, but it seems like they're focused a little bit more on the, the fantasy side of things. But great site, been around forever. I, I definitely still support them. It's just, you know, like you said, where's the action? Where's the big money? The million maker is going to be for Colonial on DraftKings, and that's where I'm going to be.
0: Yeah, uh, we were talking about tweets, and I was talking about the idea of getting some mean tweets. Uh, Can you think of anything? You've been doing content for a while, and obviously your intentions are always for the best, and you said, hey, uh, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, the idea is to have the good good days outweigh the bad days. Uh, but somebody catches you on the wrong day. <laughs> is there any sort of mean tweet that you can recall? Somebody sort of saying like, oh, you're a total fraud or you don't know what you're talking about or some sort of- a, You get them.
1: Yeah, you, you get, get them time to time, right? Like the, the most reason I like, said the hot topic is definitely like max entering and people calling you over for that. And if it, it's funny, like, you know, you don't even, if I win like, you know, 15 grand in a tournament and post, like there's just the max entry. If I did max enter, it couldn't even equate to that. It's just the screenshot to show the win is sort of, again, it's pride, it's achievement you, you kind of want others to be engaged and go on that journey with you. It's not all about, I'm not putting it by the way, come to Roto grinders and follow me where you're going to automatically win 15 grand because I tweeted this. It's not what it's all about, right? We're just sharing yeah. the love, being able to get out there and sort of your own sense of pride and achievement. I do like that personally. I understand what can be behind it and how other people use it maliciously and whatnot. But I, and, and then I understand also the marketing side. Some people need to use it for business and that's fine. I, it's just all how you put it out there and what your intent is. But I think, yeah, the, the multi-entering thing I, you know, the other day, someone said something like you, you max entering POS, but that was the the whole DM. So I leave my DMs open so people can can happily follow me, reach out to me on Twitter at Totetag and Tambo, hit me up anytime. I don't mind. But when you just get that as your DM, it's like you max entering POS. It's like, okay, sure. Like whatever you think, like it it is what it is. I'm just doing my, you know, I'm trying to do my best. That's all.
0: Yeah. It's a, you know, with everything, there's nothing. It's a hundred percent good or a hundred percent bad, right? With anything, it's a Twitter is great if you use it for you, but of course you're going to, come across some things that are sort of goofy or you want to have those haters
1: man you got to have some it's it's no
0: fun if you don't you got the chip in the shoulder man you point to the trophy so Just, just it, like it M- MJ trophy.
1: told you MJ was making up stories in last dance talking about it <laughs> going out to make up a story about a guy to go out and win a game and dominate so I, I take it as motivation like you said you got to have haters it's always fun and it's fun to mess around with them time to time but I typically let it slide off and just let them be I, I don't like blocking people I like muting people. So I know everyone's on a on the fence when it comes to that. I'll mute more than I'll block. I don't really care
0: about them. I just, I'll
1: mute their situation.
0: They're screaming into the vortex. They're screaming into a, uh, just the black hole. They have no it makes idea. makes any... it more
1: fun. They really want a response, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I ever used the mute button. Uh, and as far as blocking, I would say I I, I have less than 10 people blocked. And it's yeah. several of those people that I blocked were because uh, people put out spoilers. Come on, man. We live in a society. We, 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 I mean, people like telling you exactly what's happening in the uh, TV shows, like the minute it happens. I don't need that yeah. in my life. Uh, we have DVRs. That's right. <laughs> You're not – are you a spoiler? Uh-oh, is this going to be a thing? I'm not a spoiler guy. Right I'm against
1: I – them. Mean, even what happens up in Canada is with the stream, because we, for whatever reason, have to stream NFL Red Zone, and I got notifications on my phone, so I got to turn my phone over mm-hmm. during the games because people are tweeting out. Like, I don't know. Like People love to live tweet every touchdown – or whatever. I don't have any of the ones like you know NFL touchdown or RG touchdown turned on where you get the automatic update. But those are usually behind the stream. But people that are getting the stream faster than me, they're like, oh my god, this just happened. Now I'm about to watch it. I hate that, so I just turn the phone upside down and get closer to it during the sweat at the end.
0: I had to use uh, my cable company to not carry the red zone, so I had to buy Slingbox. And yep. box is like 30 seconds or a minute behind, or whatever. And th- the it. world's smallest violin is playing for us, like, there are much worse things, of course. Yeah, and like, you know, th- th- these things being spoiled for us, but yeah, it does ruin the experience. If you're on Twitter, it's like, oh, there's a touchdown, oh, and there's the touchdown. And it's I hate that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, the, the little tilts, and it, that for baseball as well, too. Like, you see a home run, uh, you know, on Twitter, and my baseball stream is always behind as well. I'm watching online by thirty seconds or a minute or so. Now I just want some baseball or just want some sports. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not grinding out the uh, the marbles or. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> what is... get you on the golf, Dean. We'll get you on the golf. I so I will fire at tickets. Like I'll I'll, I'll, I'll try to get a ticket in anything. A quarter, fifty cents, a dollar. I'll yeah. buy tickets to anything, and then I, I I must have like fifteen tickets on layaway for something. And you know, what, what do we have coming up in a couple of weeks? What, what's the contest? I know it's a million maker.
1: Yeah. So $20 maker, pretty standard, large field, top heavy, million bucks up top. I think it's 150 or hundred to second. I got to double check that, but then um, they got a five fifty five as well, which is pretty nice. It's about just over 2000 people, much more balanced structure, still a quarter mill up top. So uh, it's all they've shown us so far, but it looks like it's going to be pretty good. And then the good news is like with the way the foreseeable future looks, it looks like there's going to be possibly even more millimakers after that. They'll just keep running them because golf has become so popular And, you know, hence the needing the content, want to do new content on Roto Grinders. It's going to be big for us with, you know, myself, Noto, Cards, uh, Drew Matthews is on there, a bunch of other guys that are filling in on conviction plays, value plays, etc. So uh, really looking forward to it. I think that's going to be big for the next few weeks, especially in golf.
0: Uh, You were third in an NFL million maker. You were uh, three top 20s as far as PGA. How close did you get? Did you ever start dreaming? Like, was this down to the wire? Did you close strong or did you kind of falter? Two, two of
1: them were really close. The NFL one obviously finishing in third was like the ultimate scenario because um, I had, everyone had just uh, Jimmy Graham and I had him paired with Russell Wilson. So couldn't ask for a more in the, in the top five or whatever. And, you know, we couldn't ask for a more dream experience. I'm so sitting in third, they get one more drive. It worked out that they get one more drive. Like this is the best case scenario. Uh, Jimmy Graham dropped like a 10 yard pass that was worth an extra 60,000 because third ended up being 40. Uh, second was a hundred. It was really top First was a hundred or first was a million, obviously. And so he dropped that pass. I was pissed about that, but you know, your heart jumps cause that was for a lot of money. And then they had a hail Mary at the end and it was actually dialed. Like they were definitely close enough to get it. It was, it was all day. They had it and it was going right to Jimmy Graham and you can't hmm. make this up. You can go back and watch the game. If you check the date, it was against the Redskins. Go watch the last scene. It's crazy. And it went through Jimmy Graham's hands, which uh. was like the million dollars. And then it went into the Redskins. I forget who the cornerback was at the time, or who was there. It wasn't even been their cornerback. It was. It went interception into his arms, which is going to cost me because that's the downside of having Russell Wilson. That it's going to cost me fifteen thousand and drop me to twenty five k for fourth. <laughs> and as he's falling to the ground, he drops it and it falls out. And I'm almost like relieved at that point because you saw a million, you saw forty, and then you saw or saw fifteen or sorry, 25 down 15. And then you saw the 40. So long winded, but yeah, in the end it was actually a quite a good sweat right to the end. And it was really close. You see that
0: in real time, it's slowed down. Like a, the money is oh, like being at, crazy. debits and credits are going real quick. And uh...
1: you don't get a feeling like that though. Like your heart is actually, for me, it was up top. Like it felt higher in my, like you could just feel it. And you're like, it's about to happen. It could happen. And you just had the sweat of the hundred K. If he just catches that ball and falls to the ground, the previous play, and then uh, they have to go to the hail Mary and it happens to be to him in the zone. I'm like, Oh my gosh, here we go. And it just didn't, it didn't pan out.
0: So lots of crazy things happen when you play this for a long time, obviously. And you were talking about before how it's just funny how our brains work. Uh, we're more apt to remember the times we got, like we blew it or we just lost as opposed to the times where, you know, so you remember the, the photo finishes, you lose the ones you win, you kind of forget for whatever reason, but, yeah. uh, take me through that emotional struggle. I don't, the struggles not the right word, but, uh, when you win, what, what, what did you end up winning here? 25,000? You said,
1: and now when I won 40,000, um,
0: my biggest win was, was a
1: hundred thousand. And I got first and third. So it was actually 120 in the PGA dog. Like that was a crazy story too, for a win. If you want to have that.
0: We'll get that in a second, but I'm just curious when you, win. okay. When you, you have the, life is about, ex, about expectations, right? And you were really well positioned to potentially get that million maker. Uh, and then all of a sudden when you win 40 K, it's a sort of weird feeling where you're like, you're almost kind of sort of somewhat disappointed you won 40 K and like, you know, in theory, you should be able to step back and just say, this was a very successful week, and I'm grateful, I am thankful. But at the same time, like, well, and i talked to HeadChopper about this, too, because he should have, if uh, you, you, you played out out 100 times, he should have won a million-maker there at the end, 99, 98, 98 times out of, out of 100. It just didn't work out for him uh, that one time. But, uh, like, what, how do you have the best, what's your perspective on that? When you win the 40K, well, you probably could have sort of won more.
1: I think it comes with time and your where you're at in sort of your you want to call it your semi professional or whatever. You know, I play you know I consider it semi pro. You want to consider where you are in that because like Head Chopper said, and like what I'll say is I was at a spot where I knew that could happen. So well, yes, it sucks. And like says, world's smallest violin, it would have been life changing versus that. But you just got to keep grinding. Use that as the motivation. Look at look at it like you said. Be grateful. You still got third. You still got forty thousand. How many people could do with forty grand right now? And there's more opportunities ahead. But, you know, I've I've had times where, you know, in my early stages where I thought I was basically winning like 250K and my guy gets injured and, or like mm. that live final experience where you think your life is over because it's like, you know, that was everything. That was going to be my life changing moment, my ability to move forward and do what I want to do full time and, and get involved in this. And you just got to be patient. Look where I'm at now. Look with Head Chopper story. You know, a guy I truly respect who last year went on to win the Millie, even had to sweat that out in overtime and it could have went the wrong way again. It just could have. And he knows that going in, but it depends on where you're at and, and how many times it takes to get there. And you just got to keep grinding away and get back to it.
0: Give me the uh, the $100,000 $100, golf story.
1: Yeah, I only bring that up because was a, you were talking about craziest you know chance of a win. That was my craziest big win. And that was a little bit crazier story since it was my daughter's birthday or first birthday. And I'm having to leave the birthday <laughs> to live sweat this. So that was a touchy situation. I made sure I was available <laughs> most of the case, but at one point I just had to say to my wife, like, you know, come on, baby, can I just... I got to look, I got to see this happen because I don't want to, not that I'm going to jinx it or I'm superstitious, but I felt like this is huge and it just started going bad. The minute I went down for like the final two holes and it went really bad on 16 or final three holes, 16 and 17. And then basically it came down to 18 and it was at the Houston open. I needed Ian Poulter to drain like an 18 foot putt to even have a chance. Cause if he drains this putt, it forces a playoff where I then need to win in the playoff. And he makes the 18 foot putt pounds his chest, it's a chance, it's the week where if he makes it, he gets to go to the Masters because they screwed up point scoring for him. So he needed this win. He ends up getting into the playoff and winning it on the first hole and that got me first and third uh, and it was amazing, right? It was 120,000, it was my biggest win ever. It was a, a great week. Speaking to E. Hafner earlier, again, get another guy, can't not respect the guy. he's an amazing player, truly respect him and I, I ed- ended up edging him out. So it was kind of like that follow-up, you know, we talk about things going full circle, that was another yeah. one just another thing to be like again it's not me versus him it's just like you want to win he wants to win it's just cool to have it come back around where it's like this time i got the best and, and i got it in good and i ended up taking down first and third and it was a huge win huge change for myself my family everything going on with us so it was awesome at the time
0: yeah uh talking to dfs guys uh, they, they always seem to get a case of uh, ibs so just sneaking off to the bathroom mm-hmm. <laughs> as, yeah. as much as possible to change lineups the Hon- honesty goes. is the best policy you got to go with that
1: just be honest look there's a lot on the line we got to check it out and that comes with that good support system like i say you want to get that put in place first
0: uh again uh, just a few minutes we're going to give that uh, we're going to tell you what's going on as far as the uh, the promotion for the podcast the fantasy golf the generosity. before we step aside and get out of here we tease at the top we'll make sure to say it before we leave i do want to get some of your favorites you mentioned uh you mentioned rounders that's an amazing movie is that one of your favorites is there is there another one that's kind of your go-to
1: yeah, the, those like that, um, Scarface, Karate Kid, sort of like uh, underdog stories and ones where like guys have something to prove. I know, you know, Scarface a little off the wall, but a little bit too aggressive maybe. But, you know, just I, I like them for whatever reason. They're those movies that when they come on, you just sort of got to devote the time and put it aside and put, and put the movie on and watch it. So, um, you know, Rounders is again, like to me, it's just because it's a lot to do with, you know, like if you look at daily fantasy, fantasy sports, betting, things like that. So anyone who grinds heavy all the time, it's part of the game, right? You got to be able to grind it out and get to the next level. Karate kids. sort of the, you know, why am I doing wiping down the car, wax on, wax off, what's that got to do with Karate? It, it, does not, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it, but it's part of process, making some progress with what you're doing and then getting to that next step and then being able to see the success come from all the work you put in in the background. So I think it does, you know, those type of movies, and then Scarface, the up-and-comer story, come from nothing, can be something. It all relates to sort of my passion in DFS and sports betting in the industry that we're in.
0: You mentioned the wax on, wax off. I wasn't sure if you meant the Daniel Larusso Karate Kid or the one that Will Smith's kid was starring. No. Of course, course it was no a demo love.
1: Movie. Like <laughs> Karate Kid three barely gets love. One and two are on the chart. One being my favorite. Two still being pretty good with the ice chopping, the ice block chopping scene when he puts that's that's mainly because there's betting involved and Mister yeah. Miyagi comes in with the boss. You know, a little money on the table. I'm, I'm gonna, he's going to do it for this much. And it's going to be extra bricks. I like those types of situations and stories. So those two hit home the most, but you know Jalen Smith or whatever that gets no love and Karate Kid 3 was just a money grab they've even admitted it so uh, I'm good with the first two
0: and you know what we completely neglected the next Karate Kid which nobody saw but it starred uh, Hilary Swank who won on the winning uh, two Oscars who, who that now. yeah yeah <laughs> nobody saw the next Karate no, Kid no
1: nobody saw that
0: just sort of popped in my head for whatever reason you mentioned uh your favorite athlete I used to I was I always like to ask somebody's favorite athlete as a child as an adult uh it was Kobe I guess that's your Kobe. go-to
1: yeah, yeah, big time, you know, the the killer mentality. I wasn't really in the Jordan era, like getting to watch The Last Dance recently was incredible for me because, you know, you always knew about it, but I was born after, you know, some of the stuff, like when he was coming to league is sort of when I was born. So it's like, you're trying to catch up as much as possible. And I've always been a fan and you can dig back, which I've done, but you got to sort of, you know, to get fully immersed in the 10 part docuseries, which all sports bias aside, I think was one of the best docuseries I've ever seen, just the way it was done, so well and all the stories and the amount of interviews of strong people and just being able to get the real story and I know some people say there's you know it's a story for another day of some of them are fake stories and is it the flu game the the hangover game whatever whatever (laughs) but you know and he now says the food poisoning game I guess but it doesn't matter it's just cool to see the greatness and Kobe to me was a prime example and Kobe said it in one of those episodes where like you're not trying to be necessarily the next team. You are involved because of them. So even, you know, playing DFS and relating it back, you're looking at these guys, the head choppers and the guy, you know, the CSU Rams, all these guys back in the day that were playing to get the thing going and kicking it up. And the fact they're still doing it is awesome. But you know, you're sort of striving to be at that level. And, you know, I want to be that person for somebody else. If I can help one person, you know, change their life and make it better. That's what I want to do. Really. That's, that's truly what I love to do.
0: Yeah. The ESPN that 30 for 30 team. I know ESPN gets a lot of uh, critiques for certain things they do and, you know uh yeah th- uh their first and ten or whatever but they do an amazing job with their 30 by 30 series uh 30 by 30 series and yeah uh Horace Grant wasn't pleased with the way that turned out he was uh For sure. he took umbrage and Jordan's company was involved with that in some way and of course you know obviously there's a lot of like questions like we but, said there's
1: always going to be haters yeah. you gotta have and it is what it is whether it's true false right wrong or indifferent it's fine it's always going to be out there but bottom line it was a solid product and I would watch again. It's it was incredible. excellent.
0: I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and uh, if nothing else, the, the gifts he's given us, like the gifts and the memes that Jordan has given to the, the uh, internet community. And I, I said this before on this podcast, and I just want to watch a channel of Jordan just watching like watching things on his iPad. That's what I want to watch. Oh
1: yeah. The, the scene of him with the headphones just bobbing and weaving, and they put it to every <laughs> song now. Like that's, you can watch every single one of those. There's an account and they just keep putting different songs to it. And they
0: all line up. It's amazing. Do you have a, a favorite live sports moment in attendance? Or you're mostly um, at the bar at home watching the game? I, I can't I mean the live moments are the
1: ones I won money on, but I get being yeah. those weren't live in person. But my, my best live sports experience was uh I would say there's two. One is the waste management Phoenix open, just being there on 17, we've gone a couple times, that's incredible. But my best one is the Super Bowl. I went to uh, the Patriots versus the Seahawks, the classic, should have ran the ball with Lynch oh. interception. I was in the building for that one down in Arizona with my uncle. Uh, he actually joked about it at the wedding back to that putting story to tie it full circle he said if i miss this putt i'll buy you tickets to the super bowl cuz he lives in arizona oh wow he has a place down there he wanted to, he was going regardless because he he's like 55 and had never been to a super bowl and it worked out too cuz he's actually a lifelong patriots fan which not that crazy to see the patriots then in a super bowl but he didn't know he was going to go regardless and he ended up missing the putt maybe on purpose just to help us out as a wedding <laughs> gift but he gifted the ticket, took care of us. We stayed at their place. The wife came down. Everyone was good. We went. The ladies stayed home. Him and I went. And he almost had a heart attack twice. I had to put him on uh, patrol there for a little bit. He wasn't even drinking because he was so worried and nervous at the end. And when they got the win, he was just going crazy. So it's was like a kid again to see you funny.
0: You're a Baltimore fan. What side are you on? Or did you just wait? Do you, you make it interesting with a wager or what?
1: I actually hated both sides cuz I can't stand either of those teams but it was definitely <laughs> much more painful witnessing how many Seahawks fans I, you know I'll offend some people here I apologize but I just find it's like so bandwagon I don't know I, I don't want to say the wrong thing just to me it was like it no, was say so what many you say, of them man. it's fine. yeah I, I, it was just brutal they're they're, no they're, fans. Me, Yeah they're they're not the they're not my favorite fans so what it came down to was that and they were you know, there were some good guys around us. We had a good time, and there was guys from Boston right beside us, and there was a dude in front of us that had a home-and-away Seahawks jersey that he was changing as they go on offense and defense. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, you better flip around because they're, they're, the game's over. They're on defense now, buddy. The game's over. So I was kind of happy for my uncle. I was cheering for him just as he bought me the tickets.
0: I've never been to a live golf, uh, a live golf tournament. What's that like?
1: Been to a couple now. Uh, you know, only really have two opinions on it. One is really – off the wall being at the phoenix open with how you know party atmosphere and wild you know sort of like happy gilmore style out there it's a lot of fun i only really recommend you need to go once because you'll get the feel for it but uh the honda classic i went to last this past year was just incredible the crew that went down a lot of the dfs industry was down there for from the golf side of things they had the dfs golf open it was an incredible time and that tournament is just amazing it's more like a i don't want to say major like atmosphere but it's much tighter with the scoring comes down to the wire and, and it didn't disappoint. Again, it came right down to the very end. Sung J M got the win. My partner, Kenny Kim with the fantasy golf degenerates um, podcast, he's Korean. And so he was cheering. He was speaking to Sung J M in Korean. It was just, and he was acknowledging us and it was just incredible to be there for it all. And then see him to get the win in the end was awesome.
0: I was uh, taking a peek at your Twitter before we, uh, we went live here. And I, I believe you tell me, is that you, uh, you and your wife dressing up as Carol Baskin and Joe exotic?
1: No, that no. That's big? actually the Ropers. That's the, uh, again, we don't, we don't want to cross that line, but that that's oh. them on their Instagram posting. I said, life must be good, right? They're, they're having a good time now. So
0: That wasn't you. Oh, no. <laughs> I did a, a real quick peek. I'm not family. a big
1: dress up guy. I'm not a, a costume theme guy, Dean. That's not me. <laughs> Halloween's Is Halloween not big in Canada? Is that not a thing up there? It's big. For my daughter, it's good. I'll dress her up, but you know, and, uh, if she wants me to dress up, I will, but that's sort of keep it, in, keep it inside the household.
0: Is there, is there anything we've
1: uh, binge-watched uh, in the last few months that we, we can recommend? I don't know. I like Ozark, so I crushed it out when it came out again, the, the new season. I, I like, uh, you know, seeing that sort of role for for him, and, and you can see, like, it's a little bit darker, so I kind of like that sure. in the background of it. And then, like I said, with the, the last dance was good. Not not a lot of other shows I'm into. I, I really miss live sports. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Around the corner, hopefully soon enough. Oh, we had this take on Twitter. This might be a hot take. Uh, you're talking about the NFL draft being full of wide receiver hype. And you're saying the best teams, and there might be some slant in here because you like the Ravens, now we know that, the best – and also, by the way, you're putting Andrews in the same conversation as Kelsey and Kittle. Come on, I know Andrews is good, but you're basically saying that wide receivers don't matter? I don't know if you're joking or not.
1: No, I'm I'm joking, but it's more of a (laughs) – just a play on, like, it's just what – they always do get all the hype. And it was just funny to me that, you know, that you've got those teams like the Chiefs – and the Ravens, all that where their tight ends have huge years, and that pays off. I mean, Kittle and Kelsey are the best two. Like I said, put Andrews in there just because he had a great year. And obviously, I'm a Ravens homer. <laughs> I don't think that's going to continue, and he's got injury uh, possibility and, and proneness. But I think that when you look at that, it is a big decision, and it does matter. And, and it sort of pans out. I'm not saying tight ends matter, but it, it has mattered. And it's very small sample size, but it's funny the way it works, and it can pay off.
0: Yeah, and uh, Andrews is so tilting because I like to look at, like, snap count and just routes run and things like that. And I'm he's sure you know he, he's never – they have, like, 19 different tight ends. They got rid of Hurst, though, right? Isn't Hurst gone?
1: Yeah, they, and, they, yeah and they've yeah, they toned it down, And like you say, but it was funny last season because you're right. You'd look at it and he'd have, like, 20% of the snap count or something, but he'd be catching, like, eight for 108 and two touchdowns.
0: I uh, I much appreciate your time. we got about an hour or so. Uh, I'm glad everybody stuck around and listened to this. And uh do want to mention – I'm going to, I'll give it to you. Actually tell us what the, the promotion you have going on with your podcast.
1: Yeah. So Kenny and I will have the, the podcast moved across. You guys will see that we'll, we'll tweet it out, everything like that. But uh, DraftKings has so graciously given us a 555 ticket that I mentioned earlier you know, the great field, great payout structure, something that not everybody's bankroll will allow. And I understand that. So it's cool to be able to give away a ticket to that. We're going to have a very simple contest. It's going to be a retweet follow basic as it can get, put it out there, spread the word that we're now with the Roto Grinders podcast network bringing the the pot across, follow myself and Kenny for the announcement, and we'll pick a random winner uh, after we do our Colonial podcast where we do our normal breakdowns, his cash game cornerstones, my pivots for the tournaments, all that sort of thing, Uh, and then we'll give it away and have it into the account by Tuesday so people have full time to get it ready for the Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is to um, get the tournament kicked off that week.
0: Sounds like good times. Uh, Tyler, I much appreciate your time uh you've impressed me this was good I, I i uh i can't wait to check out your content i do dabble in the golf streets whenever i win tickets i all i do is i check out the expert survey i read Noto's column i read cards and stuff and now now i'm going to read your stuff so it's been good times for sure uh much appreciated thank you for joining us thank you and welcome to the rg family that is tyler tambeline also known as toe tag and tambo it's a lot of t's i was dean thanks for listening this was the morning grind we're out of here Over.